We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of someone calling into Sports Talk Radio. Yeah, this is Flo, longtime caller, first time on air. I just wanted to say that I think it is absolute hogwash not to go out there and try Progressive's Name Your Price tool. You can see all your coverage options, and options are how you get rings, championship rings, and parades of rings. Finding options to fit your budget with the Name Your Price tool, only at Progressive.com. You know, not for nothing, but my favorite rings have candy on them. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you deposit for a free contest entry today. It is Thursday, November 5th, 2015. You may have noticed the different voice opening up today. That's because Clay is in Arizona for a baseball conference for a week. So today will be hosted by myself, Jake Letarski. I'll be hosting alongside John McKechnie. If you're out there on Twitter, you can find John at Johnny McKex. You can find myself at Jakeski52. John, now you're a Georgia grad here. 
You want to tell me how many Todd Gurley shares you own this year and, and how, how ahead of the game you got there? Well, I definitely have a few of them. I, uh, I drafted him in the first draft I took part in, in back in Las Vegas in July, and uh, I took him in the third round of a 14-team league, and people looked at me like I was just out of my mind because, you know, there was a bit of uncertainty about w- how quickly he'd be as good as he is, and I feel pretty vindicated on that front. Yeah, I'm looking at our 2015 uh, overall rankings on RotoWire right now for standard formats here, and even for well, not quite for PPR. The receivers dominate uh, the top three of the top four, but in standard sure. formats, Todd Gurley's number one overall player rest of season there, followed by Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, Rob Gronkowski. Got to feel pretty good about that, right? Absolutely. I feel like uh, Georgia got the short end of the uh, Brian Schottenheimer Todd Gurley swap that ended up happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right <laughs> oh, on God. there, but. Uh, uh, yeah, Todd Gurley will be squaring off against Adrian Peterson and the Minnesota Vikings this week, but we'll get to that a little bit later here. First off, just want to mention that this podcast is now available on iTunes and Stitcher, so John and I and the rest of our, our podcast crew here would really appreciate it if you could take time to leave us a nice review on those platforms here. I'm going to start out before we dive into the game previews by mentioning the Week 9 buys. This is one of the biggest bye weeks of the season for quarterbacks, running backs, receivers. Uh, we've got the Arizona Cardinals, Baltimore Ravens, Detroit Lions, Houston Texans, Kansas City Chiefs, and the Seattle Seahawks on bye. So you have some tough bye week situations this week, John? I absolutely do. I have several receiving cores where uh, guys like John Brown and DeAndre Hopkins kind of make up the core of my of uh, you know my pass catchers and flex options. So that's really killing me as well as uh, Tyler Lockett, obviously on a bye week as well, and then Steve Smith not only on bye but his season's over. Mm-hmm. So a lot of lot of uh, waiver wire scrounging for me this week. Absolutely, and with the waiver wire scrounging, you mentioned Steve Smith. I mean him being out the rest of the season that made guys like Kamar Aiken and Crockett Gilmore hot pickups this week, but not quite as hot as they could be because you're not going to be able to plug and play them right away exactly yeah you see you see a lot of targets kind of going those guys way without smith uh kamar aiken's been a guy that i feel people have been sort of up and down on throughout the year like he'll have a game like he did against pittsburgh where he plays well steps up catches a touchdown but other weeks where he's kind of disappears uh i really don't like the rest of the ravens receiving options outside of him you know chris givens is really hit or miss um as is Jeremy Ross, so mm-hmm. not totally sure about anyone except for uh, except for Aiken and mm-hmm. Crockett Gilmore the rest of the way there. Yeah, just a side note, on Tuesday I called Chris Givens the poor man's Torrey Smith. Completely hit or miss, but not nearly as much upside. <laughs> that, that's Yeah, it's just not exactly a ringing endorsement. Exactly. <laughs> here, Well, let's get on here to the bread and butter of the podcast, and that is the Week 9 preview. We're going to start with tonight's game, uh, Thursday night, 825 p.m. Eastern Time. We've got a pretty enticing showdown here between the Browns and the Bengals. The Browns will be traveling to Cincinnati, where the Bengals are 11-point favorites, so quite the spread there for the Thursday night game. Over-under on that game, 45.5, so I guess the Vegas guy is expecting it to be a little bit high-scoring there, as, as more high-scoring than you'd expect from a Thursday night game, possibly here. But the big story here is Josh McCown has been ruled out. He's dealing with both shoulder and ribs injuries. Took a beating against Arizona here and that means Johnny Manziel Johnny football will be taking over John do you have any expectations for Johnny Manziel tonight 
My, my knee-jerk reaction when uh, Manziel, Manziel was announced as the starter was I just immediately went back to last December when Manziel started in Cincinnati against the Bengals and had, I believe, one of like the worst starting quarterback performances in history. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think Manziel has improved since then. He was a rookie. He was still kind of getting over his party boy image. Uh, back then it seems like he's grown up a little bit this year but I'm still still have a hard time thinking he's going to do be able to do much tonight yeah just going back to the stat line that was December 14th of last year completed 10 of 18 passes for a for a whopping 80 yards here that's 56 percent uh stellar 4.4 yards per attempt and zero touchdowns two interceptions that's good for a QBR of 1.1 so one of the, probably one of the worst game scores uh, by a starter in recent memory there but again like you mentioned John I like that you say that uh, because he has grown as a lot as a person you would think of course still under NFL investigation here there's probably some details to be sorted out there mm-hmm. but he seems to the impression within the organization seems to be that he's kind of worked uh, that type of stuff out now he will be down a couple of weapons tonight both Brian Hartline and Andrew Hawkins have been ruled out with concussions there does that concern you at all well I think I, I actually just saw that uh, his favorite receiver when when Manziel was getting regular playing time earlier this season was Travis Benjamin I mm-hmm. think uh, in that in that case uh, Benjamin's gonna be in line for a very solid game tonight and I think uh, Taylor Gabriel also could could step up yeah Taylor Gabriel has worked his way ahead of Dwayne Bow on the depth chart I mean Dwayne Bow's been inactive well he was active last week for the first time mm-hmm. due to the Andrew Hawkins injury and he's been inactive I think a healthy scratch three weeks in a row before that and now he'll be active for tonight's game I'd imagine there but I just I don't have a lot of expectations for somebody like him I think Gabriel is the guy that they turn to uh, more often this season and do you think of uh, Bar- Barnage is going to see any kind of drop off tonight you know with Manziel under center I actually really like uh, Barnage as a play tonight I think uh, last season when Barnage was just kind of getting integrated into the Cleveland Browns system. He spent a lot of time with Johnny Manziel on the second team offense. Of Mm. course, we had Brian Hoyer last year. So that's part of the reason I think uh, that Travis Benjamin came out to such a fast start, especially when Johnny Manziel was involved because they already had that type of rapport working on the second team last season. And I think we're going to see quite a bit of the same here with both Barnage and Benjamin tonight. Just want to touch on Taylor Gabriel. He's caught at least one target in every game this season. Last week he was targeted seven times. I always follow the targets. You'll hear me refer to that all the time. But uh, he caught four passes for 32 yards. So not the most stellar fantasy night, but thinking in that game last week against Arizona Hartline scored two touchdowns and they'll be missing Hartline mm-hmm. as well as Hawkins so maybe there's some time for Gabriel of course most of the attention can and should go to Travis Benjamin but if you're in a 14-16 team league where you are devastated by buys there's a chance Gabriel's out there and maybe there's a plug and play there a little bit I, I'm not sure if uh, he gets some of those extra targets or if they go equally between Benjamin Barnage and those guys yeah I could definitely see it just being heavily Barnage and uh, Benjamin tonight okay what about on the uh, Bengals side there uh, the Browns defense is quite a bit banged up here Joe Hayden and Dante Whitner they both have concussions uh, to Sean Gibson still kind of being affected by that ankle injury but he played last week and fully expected to play this week you got to start all your Bengals tonight right I do have I it, I do take a bit of pause this week because this is where the Thursday night kind of slop fest kind of makes me a little concerned because the Bengals are coming off an emotional win on the road in Pittsburgh and I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are sort of like the big brother to the Bengals they've always kind of been in the way 
been able to beat them. So coming off a win like that, I, I don't really expect the Bengals to be firing on all cylinders. I think it certainly helps being at home against a banged-up Browns defense. Mm-hmm. But uh, my temp- my expectations are a bit tempered tonight, honestly. Yeah, A.J. Green, the number two wide receiver this week on Jeff Erickson's value meter. Andy Dalton, the number seven quarterback. So, I mean, A.J. Green had 17 targets last week. Uh, these guys, of course, you have to start them if you own them. It doesn't matter what the matchup is there. But yeah, beyond beyond them, I mean, do you really like uh, you know a guy like Jeremy Hill? Is he like a like a flex option for you, or where do you slot him in? I could honestly see both Hill and Bernard being reasonably decent flex options. Uh, with the main rationale behind that is they're going against the number thirty-two ranked run defense in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cleveland has given up a, an average of one hundred forty-seven yards per game on the ground. That is well last place I mean uh, the Lions are second to last and they've given up 133.8 so that's an 11 yard I'm sorry a 13 yard margin there my math's just a little off (laughs) but uh but I mean the matchup there is excellent you of course you can't rely completely on matchup and the timeshare might take away a little bit but I think they're both decent plays this week okay Uh, flex plays if not maybe an RB2 okay yeah right there let's move on to the Sunday slate of action here it's kicking off at 1 p.m eastern time we're going to talk about probably the most enticing one o'clock game yeah, on the schedule this is, there this isn't prime time you know yeah I, I'm, I'm surprised this didn't get flexed to at least the game of the week but mm-hmm. nonetheless we have uh, the green bay packers going to carolina over under on that game 46 and a half and once again, the Green Bay Packers are road favorites. They're, they, they're two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Last week when they were playing Denver, they were three-point favorites on the road. And, of course, I'm not sure that's characteristic of how, how, what exactly both teams have to offer. But nonetheless, after that performance, you think they'd give the edge to Carolina in Vegas. But I guess not. Yeah, I was a bit surprised to see that. Maybe Vegas is just so down on Indianapolis that they weren't overly impressed by that win on Monday night because, you know, mm-hmm. Indianapolis did end up going toe-to-toe with them, taking it to overtime where, you know, mm-hmm. and the Panthers easily could have put that game away several times and just really didn't in the fourth. Yeah, the Panthers had that 17-point lead in, lead in the fourth quarter, and had they held on to that and turned it right around mm-hmm. and uh, and been good to go for the rest of the game, maybe opened up a 20-plus point lead, this this line could look uh, look very different here. But, I, I mean, uh, of course, myself, I'm a big Packer fan up here in Wisconsin, but from an outside perspective, are, are you kind of counting on an Aaron Rodgers bounce back? Or are you going for with some of your guys this week? I mean, I would be shocked if, if he doesn't you know surpass it I don't think he'll throw for 70 yards any other time uh this season that that was just a complete aberration in my opinion I don't know where that came from I see him bouncing back but obviously it's not the best matchup you know if you have Rodgers you're going to start him mm-hmm. uh regardless uh but Panthers defense you know obviously Josh Norman is, is a rising star and then uh the Packers O-line has been a bit you know, weak, and then Quan Short, Star Latule, Luke Keekley, you know, you got some real great defensive guys in the front seven there, so you're a little bit concerned. I'm concerned about the Packers' run game as well. Yeah, Eddie Lacy has been, you know, down for the last couple of weeks. He did get to find the end zone, which is one of the few bright spots of last week's game, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, this Packer offense didn't quite look like it was clicking there. It was probably a career-worst game for Rodgers, and it honestly... I heard a lot of people saying that, you know, does Denver have the best defense of all time? Or are they on pace to have the best defense of all time? I mean, it it seems to be trending that way. You know, if they continue in that fashion, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really, really tough to to go into Denver and beat them. 
uh, you know, later on in the season. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I don't think that uh, you know, you know Norman and, and the rest of that Carolina secondary necessarily matches up with guys like Akib Talib and T.J. Ward back there. Sure. But uh, I mean, one of the better defenses in Carolina. It's tough to argue with them, their momentum up to this point. What about on the Carolina side here? Uh, do you have any expectations for guys like Cam Newton? I mean, the combination of C.J. Anderson and Ronnie Hillman torched the Packers' run defense last week. There, do you think John Stewart has another? solid game yeah that's been my my thinking this whole week looking at this matchup is that uh with how well Denver ran the ball obviously it'll be a a focus in practice this week for the Packers to try to key on the run game because they know that Mm -hmm. Carolina isn't quite as explosive through the air or potentially as Denver but you know they're going to be looking to slow down Jonathan Stewart and Cam Newton off the read option but I still like the Panthers uh, run game options in this one yeah absolutely of course uh, the only knock on Stewart as as a potential running back to the rest of the season is getting those goal line carries vultured by cam newton or even that bowling ball mike tolbert there uh (laughs) that's the perfect way to describe him right (laughs) yeah exactly i love mike tolbert yeah he's really a human bowling ball but uh i did i was looking at the DraftKings prices uh just for a brief dfs moment and jonathan stewart i believe was at like 4300 so that kind of seemed like a nice value for him what did you think about that yeah i would have to agree with you that at 4300 i mean he's checking in with a price cheaper than guys like Shane Vereen, LeGarrette Blunt, Frank Gore, Lamar Miller. Uh, I mean, D'Angelo Williams is pricier, and, that, and then rightfully so, but mm-hmm. it takes a while to get up to that tier there. And, uh, and I mean, if you came down to Stewart or Vereen this week, now, granted, DraftKings is a PPR format, so I think that's, sure. you know, Stewart isn't known for catching a ton of passes out of the backfield there. So that might lower his price a little bit uh, on the DraftKings format there. But nonetheless, I think uh, he's a solid play at that price, whether it's as an RB2 or a flex there. And uh, just while we're on the topic of DraftKings, you mentioned having to start Aaron Rodgers everywhere in your season-long formats. But in daily this week, he's the second-highest-priced quarterback behind Tom Brady. Uh, He is 1,100 cheaper sitting there at 7,400. But he is... uh, I just I would have a tough time using Rodgers and Daly this I would week as well. on the they, road with the matchup. I really like the prices of the of the sub seven thousand quarterbacks this week. You got some really nice matchups that we'll get into a little bit later on. But yeah, there's some values you can find a quarterback this week without having to use Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the highest priced quarterback this week, Tom Brady, his Patriots are going to host the Washington Redskins, where there are fifteen point favorites. That's probably one of the biggest point spreads I've seen all week over under on that game is 52 so Vegas expects a shootout that's the highest over under mm-hmm. I have seen of the week do you think the Patriots cover 15 I think they easily could I think the Redskins are just you know for as well as Kirk Cousins played against uh, Tampa Bay the other week you got to take that with a grain of salt and obviously the Patriots they're just almost impossible to beat at home I'm not sure what their uh, streak is for covering at home but I'm sure it's excellent or their percentage of doing so and I think this could be a game where cut where we see Cousins kind of regress to the just interception any drop anytime he drops back type of play yeah I I can see that happening very much and 
I mean, the Washington run game has, has struggled quite a bit. That combination of Matt Jones and Alfred Morris mm-hmm. just isn't really cutting it there. Uh, it looks like they're getting a little bit closer to getting healthy here. I'm looking at uh, Deshaun Jackson, who's been just uh, dealing with this hamstring injury uh, and hasn't really seen the field since week one. Now, they're coming off a bye week here. The Redskins had a bye in week eight, so if anything, that might help their case a little bit. Deshaun Jackson limited in Thursday's practice here, and uh, basically for the second day of a row, in a row doing individual individual drills um but he intends to suit up quote sunday but uh that would give him an extra weapon here but i'm not sure i'd count on him this week yeah i definitely wouldn't i would wait and see on deshaun jackson but i do like him down the line because i think Kirk cousins is a, is a better quarterback uh situation to have for him as opposed to rg3 obviously yeah you know you want a pocket passer that can step up and throw the deep ball if you're mm-hmm. deshaun jackson uh, he's he's a real kind of a hit or miss player as well so mm-hmm. definitely want to watch that uh situation there um as far as the patriots side we already talked about tom brady uh you know gronk is going to be one one of the the top plays of the week there you can't you can't take anything away from that of course the running back situation uh you know LeGarrette Blunt is so hit and miss and then you have Deion Lewis here limited in practice Wednesday still waiting on Thursday's injury report he's dealing with an abdomen injury but uh, apparently didn't have any setbacks in week eight and he had a pretty big game there uh he scored let's see here scored once through the air there six catches 93 yards so Got to let uh, Lewis get going in your PPR formats and even in your standard. Absolutely. Yeah, he's he's a he's a really nice like dynamic piece in that offense. Yeah, those that picked him up early on in the season are uh, are, are reaping the benefits Absolutely. so far. All right, let's move on to the Titans at Saints, another game where the home team is the heavy favorite here. The Saints, nine-and-a-half-point favorites, over under 48 on that game. Drew Brees is going to attempt to follow up a historic performance against the Titans, and he will have, or I'm sorry, against the uh, Giants. He's playing the Titans, mm-hmm. uh, but the Titans are the number three pass defense in the league, uh, giving up just 170 or 197.9 yards per game there. Is, is he going to be able to replicate those numbers here against the Titans? I think. I think Breeze has kind of been a disappointment all season, and, and last week might be enough for to kind of turn people back, you know, towards him. And I think we could see a lot of reactionary overusage of Drew Breeze, especially in daily formats mm-hmm. this week. And people aren't going to realize that, you know, just because the Titans don't have the the kind of cachet of having a great defense, but people aren't going to realize that they have the number three pass defense. And I think that's definitely a concern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on paper you think the Titans, and, and you look at that team, you know, d- doesn't have a great record. Just fire and, their coach. Yeah, they're going to be a mess, but uh, they still do have some. Uh, they they have some excellent uh, you know options back there, and and just because the coach changes doesn't mean the whole defense gets overhauled and they forget how to how to pass these. So right. something uh, to worry about there. And then I look uh, as far as fantasy points against to wide receivers, they're kind of sitting right in the middle of the pack, 22 total points to wide receivers. Uh, so they're, you know, kind of right grouped in there with the lions and the jets. So you think maybe the jets would be a little bit better there, but a right. surprisingly good pass defense. So you're right. Maybe a little bit of breeze over usage. Uh, a lot of people like to suffer from the recency bias, especially when playing in daily. And then you look at uh, the DraftKings prices there, um, I'm trying to find Breeze. Uh, what do we got for He's Breeze at here? 7,200. 7, so, yeah, that's quite a bit, actually, uh, for someone like Breeze. I mean, that makes him the. Oh, that's because I 
didn't think he'd be the third highest priced quarterback. I scrolled down right away. Right. Uh, but there's a lot of decent options underneath there that you might want to take a look at uh, just because of the matchup here. Same thing, Brandon Cooks break, broke out last week. But, About uh, time. I have plenty of shares of him, and I've been waiting, mm-hmm. frustrated all season. Yeah, are you expecting repeats of that? Or how, like, how optimistic are you about Cooks? Well, I've, I really like his game, and I really think he fits well in that offense. So I've been you know, more surprised than anything that, that he hasn't been finding – uh, all the receptions that he did last year where I think he was near the league lead before he left for the rest of the season with an injury mm-hmm. uh, if he's rounding back into that form then I definitely would jump back on the Cooks bandwagon yeah and he was able to turn his eight catches or eight targets and his six catches for 88 yards and two scores last week the week before he was targeted 13 times against the Colts so the targets upwards. are there yeah the targets are there and the performance of course as we like to say will will soon follow there one thing I would like to, you know, go back to Breeze on, you know, on the flip side, you know, we we were saying, you know, there there are a lot of negatives to this matchup, but at the same time, it is Drew Breeze. It is at home. He does have he does seem to be clicking with his receivers, Willie Sneed and Cooks, uh, and Brent, and Benjamin Watson actually. Uh, mm-hmm. So Breeze is still a viable option, especially in season long. But like we said. Daily, you might look, might want to look elsewhere. Yeah, and you mentioned Sneed, a non-participant in Wednesday's practice, apparently dealing with a bit of a knee ailment. Uh, you're definitely going to want to check uh, the Rotowire injury reports, make sure he gets uh, at least a day of practice here before relying on him definitely. in any kind of daily formats here. And you also mentioned Ben Watson. Is he, in a 12-team league, is, he's got to be a tight end one rest of season, right? I think so. I think he, you know, he's slotting in right behind... What Travis Kelsey, I think, in in uh, total points scored for for tight ends this season or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean that that's pretty good, and obviously that's buoyed by some really big performances. But all those have come in recent weeks, so you got to like uh, the direction that he's heading he's heading in. And if you if you buy into the sort of explosion of offense last weekend, then you definitely want to believe in Benjamin Watson as well. Yeah, and of course his price will be heading up in in daily formats, but you don't have to pay any more to use him if you own him in season long, so I think he's an excellent matchup. Uh, Our value meter has him as the number six tight end on the board this week. Just a quick rundown. Gronk number one, Greg Olson, Jordan Reed, Gary Barnage tonight, and Heath Miller are the only five tight ends checking in before Watson on the list there. So definitely some potential for him rest of season. Nice. All right, let's move on to the Dolphins and the Bills. Now this game... uh, this is a rematch of week three, of course, the division matchup. Bills pretty much routed Miami 41-14 in week three here. Now, these are almost two entirely different teams from that matchup. Of course, Miami with a new coach. Do you think that this is going to go any differently? I think it, it absolutely will go differently. I think the Dolphins were just completely lost at the beginning of the season. I think uh, that week three game was probably the begin the beginning of the end for Joe Philbin down there in Miami. So mm-hmm. I think they're playing better. Obviously, the, you know when they faced a real test in the Patriots last week, it didn't turn out so well. But the Bills haven't been playing as well, and I think the Dolphins can definitely give them a close game. Yeah, and of course, Tyrod Taylor will be back for the Bills, so we won't need to worry about that EJ Manuel show anymore. Yikes. Yeah, that that, that is always scary uh, right there. And uh, Sammy Watkins, he's kind of heading towards a questionable ruling, I, I would say. Like, if I had a guess today, he'd probably be ruled questionable. He's been limited in practice for most of the week here. Uh, and of course, limited again Thursday, just looking at today's injury report that is already out and running. So, uh, I mean say Watkins is active can you can you start him I mean the Dolphins have shut down some some pretty decent wide receiving options yeah they're pretty good on the back end and I I don't know what it is 
maybe it's just the offense or the quarterbacks, but I'm just not a big Sammy Watkins believer this season. I know a lot of people were hot on him both his rookie year and this year, but I'm I'm kind of staying away from him. I mean, I'll let if I get burned by that, that's fine, but I feel like I've been right most of the time by not using him. Yeah, I reluctantly took Sammy Watkins in one draft because I'm someone that everyone has a price tag, and he fell far enough for me where I thought I could get a value. But sure. it's a lesson learned for future years where you can't necessarily fall into that trap if you don't like a player, trust your gut. But at the same time, I just want to touch on another Bills receiver, Robert Woods, nine catches on 13 targets, week seven against the Jaguars, 84 yards and a touchdown. You thinking of that more of an anomaly there, or does he get some decent targets uh, regardless of uh, – because it doesn't look like Percy Harvin's going to play or suit up anytime soon here for that matter. And with Watkins maybe a little bit banged up, of course, Charles Clay, another option for mm-hmm. the Bills there. Is Woods ownable in a 12-team format? I think he is. It seems like he, he has a pretty carved-out role in the offense, and I think he's one of the better options, more consistent that they have on the outside. I mean, I don't get overly excited about Robert Woods, but, I mean, he's he's someone that's viable maybe as like a yeah big league flex or you know a third wide receiver if you have a three wide receivers league like that yeah I always look in those deeper formats maybe if you have three wide receivers and you think who can I count on to have a floor of like six to eight points to fill in in a desperate bye week and I think six to eight fantasy points is is perfectly attainable for Woods on a week-to-week basis with some upside mixed in there Mm -hmm. all right Don well let's move on to the Rams at the Vikings, Vikings hosting the Rams, where they are two and a half point favorites. There, over under, per under, pretty under, pretty low, pretty low, point five. So not expected to be super high scoring. Uh, maybe quarterback play has something to do with it. Who knows? But the real focus of this game is going to be on the ground with both teams' dynamic rushing attacks. We alluded to Todd Gurley early in the show here, one of my favorite players, and that I'm fortunate enough to own him in a couple leagues. Didn't get any Adrian Peterson shares this week. Adrian Peterson's been pretty vocal this week. He doesn't want people to forget about him. Still probably thinks he's the best running back in the league there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is he going to get pretty drastically outperformed by Gurley this week? I mean, Adrian Peterson's got a tough job against this Rams defense. Yeah, that, I think both defenses really are, are uh, impressing me, especially against the run. I really like the uh, Vikings uh, linebacking core and their front uh, as well you know the Rams have the big name guys up front Aaron Donald obviously is kind of a real rising star in this league but I do I do think Gurley is probably going to be able to to get his more more than AP is on on Sunday yeah now the Vikings are a very surprising five five and two now as a Packer fan I'm seeing early in the season yeah I want the Vikings to win a couple games I don't want them to get too good of a draft pick but now I'm looking there like they're a game behind the Packers in the division all of a sudden I mean are you starting to sweat that I mean that that's a question for you as a Packers fan personally I'm not starting to sweat that it is the Minnesota Vikings after all but they're you're right their defense has been much improved and I mean they've got those guys like Anthony Barr Eric Kendricks yeah Chad Greenway all those guys uh that linebacking core is uh, pretty terrific there and uh, a result of some of those early draft picks over all the years so uh, it'll be that'll be an more intriguing matchup than I I thought at the start of the season when it actually happens the one uh, you know Minnesota guy I wanted to get to on the outside of uh, you know aside from AP is what do you think of Stefan Diggs I mean he's been kind of a trendy recently added in most leagues type of guy uh, over the last three four weeks Uh, I think he's looked really good I think he's caught touchdowns in two consecutive weeks now and he, he look, he's looked darn good doing it uh, I think he mi- he missed practice yesterday but he did practice today 
All right. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned Stefan Diggs because he's one of the emergency or emergency emerging fantasy potential uh, MVPs. He's going to make a lot of difference. Maybe not MVP won't carry you to a title, but he'll be pickup of the year type yeah, guy, a pickup of the year type guy. He's going to be one of those players that you'll find in common on a lot of championship teams because mm-hmm. there was a point when you could get him for next to nothing on the waiver wire. Nobody really thought much of this receiver out of Maryland. That was a late round draft pick there. Yep. And, and he's really breaking out. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, former Maryland uh, defensive tackle, current Miami Dolphin, A.J. Francis, he was a teammate of Stephon Diggs's, and he, he, he has always contended that Diggs is the best player he's ever been around, period. Mm-hmm. And Diggs was obviously underused at Maryland, and that's probably why his uh, draft stock fell a little bit, and he was a bit of a hothead, but obviously his, he's turning his talent into real production. Yeah, who would have thought uh, with, with Mike Wallace and trendy pick uh, Charles Johnson early in the season that Diggs is the guy that comes out and emerges here. Let's talk about him from a daily standpoint, though. 5300 on DraftKings, so he's getting kind of grouped in there with Alan Hearns. He's the same price. Eric Decker, also 5300 You go just below Diggs, the guys like Kendall Wright, Pierre Garçon, Sammy Watkins. Now, after scoring in back-to-back weeks, the, the price has, of course, gone up, but is there, there's still value to find here, right? I think there is, and especially among that group, uh, I would definitely take Diggs. I think, you know, Travis Benjamin is is a nice play, like we talked about earlier at 5,200, but Diggs, you know, I I wouldn't worry about the questionable designation he carries right now. I think that'll that'll come off the board. Um, Kendall Wright is looking less and less like he's going to play. Pierre Garçon going against the, the Patriots, I'm not so sure, so in that in that kind of like lower like mid tier uh, value plays, I think Diggs is probably the best of that little group. Yeah, one last comment on that. Of course, we know St. Louis uh, stout up front, but uh, their pass defense just outside the top ten or just inside the top ten, actually number ten overall, giving up two hundred thirty yards per game through the air. So, of course, a good defense, um, but not necessarily one of the elite pass defenses yet. Right. And and if the Vikings can protect Teddy Bridgewater, I think he can find him again. Yeah, the Vikings just have a very like balanced offense, so I think you know, they won't be able to key on one facet of, of the Vi- or the Rams won't be able to key on the Vikings one facet or the other so I think you know they'll still be able to throw it on them Mm-hmm. All right. As we approach the midway point, want to hit on the Jaguars heading to the Jets, where the Jets are seven and a half point favorites over under forty two and a half on 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 that game. There, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's been dealing with a thumb injury, it was announced, I believe, on Wednesday that he's in line to start. Chris Ivory with a hamstring injury, also expected to play. I know we recommended maybe Ridley as a deep deep flyer, but uh, that kind of goes out the window for me when Ivory expect with Ivory's suiting up and ready to go go out there um on the jacksonville side just hitting on injuries alan hearns dealing with an ankle or an and thigh injuries he was limited in practice wednesday marquise lee didn't practice wednesday i think uh, i haven't quite seen their injury report yet today there but i mean kind of a maybe a little bit of a snoozer of a matchup i guess uh, are, are you watching out for anyone in particular yeah, in this I, game i wouldn't say that i'm looking uh, at anyone really in particular especially for daily this week in this matchup i mean ivory i think is probably going to be the highest producing player and especially with Fitzpatrick banged up, they're going to want to protect him. They're going to want to, want to you know, get it established on the ground first. So I, there's just really not a whole lot to see here, especially with Eric Decker kind of banged up, I believe. And Mar- didn't Mar- isn't Marshall yeah, Marshall's banged, up, banged up as well. I missed that going through the first uh, round of the Jets, but he practiced in a limited fashion Thursday. He's dealing with ankle and toe injuries. I assume so. he'll play, but you know, it banged up Brandon Marshall with the you know catching passes from a quarterback that's you know. Injured, obviously it's a non-throwing hand injury, but 
it can't feel good to be back there holding the ball with a with a torn thumb ligament. Mm-hmm. And uh, just real quick on the Jaguars side, I mean, I, I'm going to go ahead and start T.J. Eldon. I think he's had enough time to get healthy. Now it's not a great matchup. The Jets' run defense right. is pretty stout, but the Jaguars seem committed on giving him the ball 20 to 25 times a game. There's not really anyone threatening behind him too much i don't think anyone's worried about the toby gerhardt yeah. show so nor uh, should they be yeah so. nor should they <laughs> right on john so uh i mean i'm gonna go ahead and start him despite the matchup maybe not in daily but just because of the matchup i'm not shying away from him in season long i agree yeah i think he's got to slot in as what would you say like your number two running back yeah i would say he'd be a solid rb2 um in just about any format and uh our value meter kind of agrees with that he's 13 overall so just wow. outside of rb1 status he's right behind d'angelo williams in the ranking surprisingly maybe a little bit right ahead of Latavius Murray and the Raiders who are going to Pittsburgh there well fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting week nine DraftKings will be hosting yet another millionaire maker event with one million dollars going to first place go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code rotowire to play free with your first deposit on DraftKings that's promo code rotowire for a free entry now with your first deposit at DraftKings.com this isn't fantasy as usual this is DraftKings welcome to the big time well, John, uh, once again, I'm Jake here, uh, sitting with John here, who's subbing in for Clay. Yep. We're going to continue our Week 9 preview here with one more 1 o'clock Eastern start time, and that is the Raiders, who are heading to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. Steelers, four-and-a-half-point favorites, over-under getting up there, 48 on the game here. First question uh, we, we got to start with is, after Derek Carr went out and threw four touchdowns against the against the Jets last week, is he the real deal? Is he someone that you have to find a way to work into your starting lineup, or not quite yet? At, at what point do you do you say, oh, that's not enough? Because he's done it to the Jets, he's done it to the Chargers, he torched the Ravens earlier this season when the when you know it was Amari Cooper's second game. You know, it's still very early in the season, mm-hmm. still just torched the Ravens defense when they were healthy. I. There's really not a lot you can say detracting Derek Carr at this moment. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And there's a league where I I bought Sam Bradford at auction to be my starting quarterback, and it was a keeper league, so I thought I'd sneak in a Teddy Bridgewater $1 bid, mm-hmm. you know, banking on upside, maybe being able to keep him for next year. I ended up picking Derek Carr off the waiver wire, and he's my starting quarterback the rest of the season. Right and I'm on. not looking back. I actually last week made the terrible mistake of thinking okay Bridgewater's got the Bears Carr's got the Jets Mm. I'm gonna start Bridgewater I lost by 20 points which is about the difference (laughs) in the two of those quarterbacks here so even even the experts get it wrong sometimes I I guess here but uh you know on paper what a great matchup but I I know I'm not going to fall into that trap anymore Derek Carr is in my starting spot I mean unless unless the Eagles find themselves with a ridiculous matchup the rest of the year but even mm-hmm. then the way Sam Bradford's been playing I'm pretty gonna uninspiring to, I'm gonna need to see something from him first here so Derek Carr's my boy the rest of the season on the Steelers side here we've got D'Angelo Williams uh hottest waiver wire pickup by far i Tried to empty out all my budgets uh, on him. Unfortunately, did not pick up uh, as many shares as I would have liked to. Are you expecting a big game from D'Angelo Williams? First, I'd like a moment of of, uh, silence for Le'Veon Bell and so many fantasy teams out there that just kind of saw their title dreams dashed when he got tackled by Vontez Mm -hmm. Perfect there. That was just... Yeah, that was brutal. a brutal one to watch. Yep, terrible. But uh, yeah, D'Angelo Williams. I mean, he looked good in in uh, in the start of the season when he was playing for the suspended Bell. Now he's now you know he's the Bell cow, and I think with that with that confidence, 
there's no reason not to play him this week. Yeah, right on. Just want to remind our listeners that week one against the Patriots, who's consider, who are considered one of the better defenses, he ran the ball 21 times for 127 yards, did not find the end zone until week two when he carried the ball 20 times for 77 yards, but scored three touchdowns. So somewhere in between there, I think 100 yards and a touchdown is an entirely reasonable expectation. Mm-hmm. On the Steelers' side, we all know that Big Ben's back. That means good things for Antonio Brown. But the guy I'm looking for here to start in my daily formats and, of course, pick him up if he's available in my season long is Heath Miller. Now, he was targeted 13 times in Week 8, and he seems to have a pretty big role here. Is he? Would you almost consider him a must-start this week? I I think so. I think Heath Miller is just such a threat at the goal line, and he always has been, And but like it's just sort of a name that people – get you know losing the shuffle between the big name guys and all but Heath Miller is just a consistent guy with great hands and big size and he, he you know he always seems to just wind up in the end zone yeah and of course the Raiders giving up the most fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends gotta like that gotta love that here and and just like looking on DraftKings top price tight end of course is Rob Gronkowski at $8,000 you have to scroll all the way down to $2,700 is the price tag that Heath Miller is carrying this week the only fear with Heath Miller would be that his owner percent ownership percentage will be too high and it might be a little bit tough to profit that's true uh on the other side of the field though uh do you like Clive Wolford at all do I like Clive? Um, is that a serious I I don't know Clive Wolford (laughs) He had the touchdown a couple weeks ago. I don't know if that really translates, though, against Pittsburgh. Yeah, working working at third on the depth, start, uh, depth chart there, Lee Smith and Michael Rivera. <laughs> uh, Clive Wolford, yeah, sleeper pick. You know, maybe, <laughs> you, you know the DraftKings commercial where, where he's turning to his uncle who's got that sleeper pick, the Ed Norton narrated uncle one? Uncle Vito, yeah. John, you're my Uncle Vito today <laughs> telling me Clive Wolford's about to go off this week. <laughs> Watch out, listeners. Definitely keep an eye out here. Let's move on to the Sunday afternoon slate, though. We had a 4.05 p.m. Eastern start time. Giants, of course, coming off that shootout with the Saints. They are two-and-a-half-point road favorites against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Over-under on that game, 48. Uh, Pretty much a lot of fantasy ownership happening in this game here. Uh, Of course, a lot of uh, Giants banged up. Ruben Randall, Larry Donnell, Victor Cruz, all still dealing with their their fair share of ailments if I had a guess I'd say Randall plays but I mean they promoted another tight end from their practice squad today Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm not maybe that tells you something about Larry Donnell and then you have Victor Cruz who hasn't really done much this season ODB is your sure thing though of course right absolutely I think uh, he's he's just gonna have a huge game he seems to be clicking now on all cylinders and obviously last weekend's game was just tremendous but I think a similar type of game you can almost expect out of him from here on out yeah I'm I'm right there with you here what about on the Tampa Bay side I mean Jameis Winston has actually been cleaning up the interceptions a little bit lately he's been throwing touchdowns I mean can you start here I mean can you trust him this week I mean there's quarterbacks on by here you're looking at Carson Palmer Joe Flacco Matt Stafford not really using any Texans quarterbacks or Alex Smith but Russell Wilson there's four feasible starting quarterbacks I don't know if you group Flacco in there anymore or not but uh, there's quarterbacks on bye week I mean you can trust Jameis Winston as a stream option given the matchup I think so absolutely and I think going against the Giants at home I think that kind of eases any of your concerns a a bit given how bad the Giants defense played last weekend and and Jameis is actually has impressed me over the last couple weeks so I wouldn't mind using him as my starting quarterback in like a 12 team league 
Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you here, and, and I'm really intrigued by Austin Safarian Jenkins. He's limited Wednesday with a shoulder injury, but uh, he might see his first time on the field here since week two. The Giants, if so, are allowing the second most fantasy points to tight ends. Can you trust him yet, or are you taking a wait-and-see approach? I think I, I might take a wait-and-see approach. Uh, you know, he's still limited. How much time has he missed? He hasn't been on the field since week two when he originally got hurt. So. Boy, that's a lot of rust to accumulate. That's almost two months. I, I, I think there are better tight ends that we've mentioned here in this podcast that I would use over ASJ. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm right there with you. I'm still hanging on to ASJ in my season-long format. Uh, I, I put a hefty bid on him after week one because I kind of punted tight ends and wanted to go out and get Fair my enough. guy. That just didn't work out for me there. So uh, worth watching the injury report. Of course, inactive is coming out an hour and a half before t- or kickoff here Sunday morning. So mm-hmm. stay tuned to rotowire.com for all your latest information there. Let's move on to the Falcons at 49ers. Falcons 7.5-point road favorites over under game 45. Will this day forever go down in history as the start of the Blaine Gabbard era in San Francisco? I mean, it's it might be like the start of just a mutiny in San Francisco. I mean... Blaine Gabbard is really one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen, and so in that in that sense, I'm definitely going with the Falcons anywhere I can defensively on on uh, DraftKings or in season long. I think that uh, if the if the 49ers score more than 10 points, I'd be shocked. Yeah, I would be incredibly surprised. Just all of those uh, all those injuries going against them, especially if Bolden doesn't suit up for whatever reason. And that and backfield Vernon Davis is gone. Yeah, the backfield. I mean. You got Kendall Gaskins, Pierre Thomas, who's just signed off the street, and as was Sean Drone. Yeah, he no. Drone Drone had some reps. I think maybe he was active one week for okay. the Browns earlier this year. Never really contributed much, so I think he's more or less an emergency option. Now you're gonna have to pay up for the Falcons. Thirty four hundred on DraftKings, the second most expensive defense behind the Rams at thirty five hundred. But I actually think the Falcons uh, should outscore the Rams this week, I, just because of the matchup and the situation that's surrounding them. And this is a, a, an excellent job by DraftKings on getting those prices right to uh, <laughs> hopefully skew the ownership percentage of Atlanta a little bit here. Right. All right. So how about the uh, four twenty five Eastern game here? We've got uh, a prime time. Well, not a prime time matchup, but uh, it'll get some national TV time, I'm sure. Sure. And that is the Broncos, who are five and a half point road favorites, heading to Indianapolis over under forty five. On the day here, this is the big story, of course, is the return of Peyton Manning to Indianapolis here. Do you expect him to follow up that huge day against the Packers with another big day against his old team? I'd be surprised if he doesn't. I, I'm really kind of eating my own words on, on Peyton Manning. I think after week one, a lot of people were, were saying, man, he can't throw the ball down the field. He just like He's just going to be struggling the rest of the way. Week one is probably the best he's going to look, and he looked bad. Now he looks, you know... He looks a little bit gimpy, but at the same time, he's he's you know putting up major numbers, and I definitely like the matchup here. Yeah, I mean the matchup's excellent outside of uh, Vontae Davis there for the Colts. The, the defense hasn't been able to uh, you know to cover a whole lot and and can't really stop the run a whole lot either. We right, saw we saw what the Panthers were able to do last week, so I think the matchup is favorable, and I think Peyton Manning doesn't necessarily have to rely on the deep ball to rack up big numbers this mm-hmm. week. He can uh, he can get by throwing slants and stuff to Demarius and letting his receivers do most of the work after the catch. 
I did I did uh, pay up for Demarius in the first uh, lineup I made this week for DraftKings, and I, I think that's going to pay off well. Yeah, I believe that will be well worth it here. Speaking of DraftKings, want to do a quick Vernon Davis announcement, just because Vernon Davis, of course, traded. He went from 2-6 and six to 7-0 and oh with one phone call. That guy's <laughs> got to be incredibly happy. But watch out, Vernon Davis owners on DraftKings. If you do have him in your lineup in the Millionaire Maker, uh, he won't be accruing fantasy points in uh, this week's Millionaire Maker. So just a heads up, uh, make sure to check that out. I just because I'm, I'm looking at the Millionaire Maker values right now, and that's a big message cross. So just want to relay that to our listeners quick. Uh, but, I mean, Vernon Davis probably needs some time to adjust. You don't really have high expectations this week, right? Uh, not this week, but I think down the line he's going to be a, a very nice addition to as a tight end. And, you know, mm-hmm. we, as we've seen, Peyton can really get the most out of his tight ends. You got Julius Thomas a very nice contract, basically. Yeah, yeah. and he even made Owen Daniels and uh, Virgil Green look pretty great last week. Exactly. And of course, uh, maybe the Packers did that had just as much uh, to to play in that as Peyton Manning did. But of course, we know Peyton Manning exactly. I like how you brought up Julius Thomas, who hasn't quite maybe I think he's had one decent game, but hasn't been a real big fantasy producer in Jacksonville. Now, on the other side, well, yeah, uh, what do you think of Andrew Luck right now? I mean. Do you have any shares with him in season long, or have you used him at all in daily recently? All right. I mean, I made my fair share of mistakes in fantasy this year, but one thing that I am proud of is every time I had a chance to take Andrew Luck, I went ahead and took Aaron Rodgers instead. Um, and that's probably just my uh, my my fanboy coming out and me and wanting to get <laughs> Rodgers. But like, I normally I don't I don't stretch for a quarterback, so I was never really in a position to take that. But I did do one fourteen team Fox Sports League. Uh, where I was in the second round, I noticed that quarterbacks were given six points for touchdowns. That, that struck oh. me as a little odd. I think I had the fourth overall pick. I took Antonio Brown because it's full PPR. Mm-hmm. And then coming back, no quarterback had been taken yet. Rodgers was still available. I did that. But I don't really have too many shares of luck. But at the same time, if you own luck, there's not a whole lot you can do about it right now. It's not like you could trade him and sell him at its lowest value. Uh, I think you need to hang on to him and wait it out. I think he'll help a decent amount during the second half of the season here. Uh, As he starts to get healthier, you would think. Um, I know the telecast like to blame injuries for a lot of his uh, problems last week, but Andrew Luck, at the very least, that defense is struggling so hard that he's going to have to play from behind in the majority of his contests. So. Right. I just I would just worry a lot about him this week with that matchup uh, against the Broncos. With that, you know, the offensive line in front of Andrew Luck is one of the more Swiss cheese offensive lines there is right now, and he's banged up. I think his receivers are going to get locked up on the outside by by Denver's secondary. It just really isn't setting up well for Andrew Luck. Yeah, and Andrew Luck, the fifth highest priced quarterback on DraftKings in the millionaire maker this week at seven thousand so i would probably avoid that yeah, price that's a bit tag. rich for my blood yeah, to avoid that price tag at all costs there how about the sunday night game eight thirty p.m eastern uh kickoff here we've got the eagles that are heading to the cowboys uh in that game over under 44 and a half eagles uh two and a half point road favorites here of course the cowboys again without tony roma what you expect as brian to get a lot more involved this week are you buying the eagles as road favorites you think they can uh head into jerry world and pull out the victory i think i think it's definitely something that that very well could happen uh the eagles have been playing a little bit better of late i feel like in the cowboys it's just tough to trust them without romo mm-hmm. uh it's just, i think that just kind of really changes the whole complexion of that team even with des bryant back Still, I'm just not sold on the Cowboys until Romo comes back. And, you know, I do love uh, uh, Darren McFadden uh, with Julie, or with uh, Joseph Randall gone. But mm-hmm. uh, other than that, 
I think the Eagles have a very good shot of winning this game. Yeah, Christine Michael never really settled into the role that a lot of us expected him to. That seemed to be a that, smoke that's show. That's the story of his career, it seems like. Yeah, yeah that's been the, with every destination so far, at least. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it looks like uh, Darren McFadden, you should be able to expect 20 to 25 touches from him, yes. if not more, if anything, from this game. 20 to 25 carries, maybe a couple looks out of the backfield. I guess we'll see if he'll be a security blanket for Matt Castle. But uh, now it's time to start Des Bryant in your season-long formats. If you yes. took a wait and see last week I'd, I'd say it's probably about time Eagles defense uh I'd say probably exceeding expectations this week but if you get a healthy er Des Bryant I think uh he's in for a big game there I think so too all right what about those Eagles uh what are you doing if you have Bradford Murray of course getting on a little bit Matthews I mean Bradford's obviously no longer a must start I think he's closer to a must sit than that uh can, can you drop him at this point I think, you know, if if you took like the Derek Carr type of approach or if Derek Carr is still floating around or Jameis Winston, I'd almost prefer those guys just on upside alone over Bradford because, you know, people love to talk about the Chip Kelly system, but those it just seems like you're just blowing smoke at, at a certain point. Bradford really hasn't impressed me at all this season, nor has he really ever, and even with St. Louis. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought the extra reps and the pace were going to help his counting stats. It's just like uh, predicting field goal attempts in an NBA game, pass mm-hmm. attempts. You you want to try to get chase that, but I think I chased that a little bit too much this year, and I'm probably I'm paying for it quite mm-hmm. a bit right now. Uh, I'm still optimistic about Jordan Matthews as a solid wide receiver too. The rest of the season, he'll see enough targets, I'm guessing, and probably score enough times to return that type of value. But uh, Bradford, I'm finally ready to throw in the towel with with Matthews. It. I I definitely see where you're coming from with the target volume and he has like the measurables and all that good stuff to to really kind of make a good case as a, as your wide receiver number 2 but whenever I watch the Eagles play I feel like he's just not strong to the ball and every time I watch them he's I always see him just not coming up on the right side of a 50-50 ball or something like that and I'm I'm a little bit more tepid on him I'd say I can see where you're coming from do you think another year in the league might uh help him in that department could he be a solid pick looking ahead to next year's drafts? I think so. I think, you know, coming out of Vanderbilt, he was a very solid player. And I think, you know, he will mature and he'll get stronger and be mm-hmm. more confident, you know, going up for those balls. But for right now, like, like I said, I'm a little bit hesitant on him, but I definitely understand where you're coming from. Yeah, exactly. Another offseason of conditioning can only help his case there. And uh, Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I've watched the Eagles a couple times with some of their national uh, TV appearances. And, you know, thinking back on that, I can absolutely see where you're coming from there. Mm-hmm. All right. How about the Monday night football game, November 9th, 8.30 p.m. Eastern kickoff. We've got the Chicago Bears heading to San Diego where the Chargers are four-point home favorites. Over-under on that game, 49. I think at first glance it might be projected to be the second highest scoring game of the week. So, a couple of porous defenses here, uh, ready to give up some points. However, there are a lot of injuries that are worth noting in this game that have possibly brought the over-under down a little bit. Mm-hmm. First and foremost is Matt Forte. We know he's dealing with a knee injury. We know he hasn't had a timetable to return yet. And we also know that he technically hasn't been ruled out up until the point when I started uh, prepping this podcast earlier in the afternoon. Uh, despite all that, I mean, you got to imagine... Okay, so the Bears are one of the worst at reporting injuries in the league here. But does all that lead you to believe that Jeremy Langford is the man to own this week? Uh, yes, absolutely. I do uh, I do have a bid out for Langford in, in pretty much all my leagues. I think that he's going to be the guy, presuming that uh, Matt Forte doesn't play. And I, I would really, really be shocked if Forte is able to come out and play on, on Monday night. So Langford is my guy, more so than like a Kadeem Carey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like the way Lan- Langford ran at Michigan State. And I think that 
going against the Chargers run defense, obviously the Ravens didn't get a get a whole ton of success against that run defense last week, but that was just kind of a strange week, and I, I would really buy into uh, Langford this week. Yeah, and thinking about his daily prices, which is where I could see potentially gaining the most use out of him, I was actually a little surprised. He's sitting at $4,000 in daily formats, of course, the same price as, well, Joseph Randall, you can count him out, but mm-hmm. same price as guys like Carlos Williams and even Melvin Gordon there, so wow. I think DraftKings is... Uh, getting kind of ahead of the pack realizing that forte injury should uh, bring Langford up a little bit uh, the only t- tough part about Langford is I don't know if I've seen enough of a sample size to really trust him yet sure you might fall into that backup trap there but I don't know possibly something to consider on the other side of the ball there are a couple major injuries I want to start out with Keenan Allen of course out for the season tragically for me that's uh, rough carrying me in my PPR league uh, he the was king. yeah he was third in the league with 89 targets before suffering that kidney lesion that would cost him his season fortunately he's expected to make a full recovery in the meantime he's getting all those targets do we see these going more to Malcolm Floyd and Stevie Johnson or or does Bree stick to the guys that he likes uh, with guys like Antonio Gates maybe Danny Woodhead out of the backfield if there's anybody to target uh, who would it be and 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 how do you recover if you're a Keenan Allen owner Uh, I'm Really interested to see how this kind of works out because I don't really think that this really kills Philip Rivers' value at all. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's very hard to predict, and it has been for years where where the where all the numbers are coming from in the in the receiving game for the Chargers and Stevie Johnson. I really like him a lot, but is he banged up right now a little bit? Um, he might be a little bit. I'll, I'll check on that here real quick. Yeah, he, actually, he doesn't have an injury designation uh, in our database, so I think he's okay. okay it's he's Ladarius right. Green that's banged up. He left the right. game with a with an ankle injury in the first quarter. Everything seemed great about that matchup uh, until, of course, the injury uh, happened to derail things. And you're right, Stevie Johnson dealt with a shoulder injury leading up to the game, but uh, ended up only being targeted four times, finished with two catches for 28 yards. But, I, I mean, I think he's a decent an option as a Keenan Allen owner myself mm-hmm. I had noticed that somebody in my league had to make a real tough drop call before uh, the game started on Sunday mm-hmm. and I went ahead and picked him up as a late waiver for the next weekend and because gotcha. uh, some of those you can kind of get by with the zero dollar bids uh, with that second period so I'm hoping to land him so I don't have to resort to starting the likes of Brandon LaFell on Sunday <laughs> yeah you don't want any part of that but I also do like Danny Woodhead and I think also Gates probably sees a bit of a jump in, in uh uh, or really, you don't have to worry about Keenan Allen stealing targets from Antonio Gates. Not that he was necessarily stealing them because he deserved them, obviously, but I think Gates is probably a really, really good play the rest of the way. Yep, and uh, as far as daily formats go, Antonio Gates, the fifth highest priced tight end on DraftKings, checking in right behind Martellus Bennett, but right ahead of Jordan Reed. His price tag is 4700 this week. So I, I think that's a pretty good play, especially if Ladarius Green happens to get ruled out right. during during the week there. All right, well, thank you for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code RotoWire when you make your deposit for a free contest entry today. Also, check out RotoWire free for 10 days by going to RotoWire.com slash pod. That's RotoWire.com slash POD. John, it was a pleasure. Thanks for joining Great, me thanks today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime. Uh, the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast will be back on Friday.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.